money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Welcome everybody to the Texas RIAs uh, monthly RIA meeting. Uh, Texas RIAs is the largest network of real estate investor associations in the great state of Texas. Over 100,000 members, participants, and uh, attendees. We have meetings in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. We've been doing this since 2003. So it's a big uh, organization that's uh, been around for a long, long time. I'm uh, one of the principals of that organization. And the Texas RIAs provides resources to local real estate investors and people interested in investing in real estate, learning about uh, real estate uh, or collaborating on real estate uh, projects. We provide education, uh, market data, power teams, money, and probably about everything you need to become or to grow your real estate investing business. And I'm actually gonna start our presentation tonight by sharing with you a market update. We're gonna kinda do a little review for what's going on in the real estate market here in Texas. So what is the big news when it comes to the market? What would you guys say the big news is? Interest rates, interest rates. So interest rates uh, have changed. Um, so let's talk about interest rates for a minute. So uh, what, what's going on with interest rates? They're going down, they're going up. They've changed, they've changed. Are interest rates high or low? High. Who thinks interest rates are high? Raise your hand if you think interest rates are high. Who thinks interest rates are low? Who thinks interest rates are low? Oh, wow, we got a little of each. So I think it's a perspective, okay? I've been a real estate investor for 20 years, and most of my rental portfolio that I bought 20 years ago that I still own, I got uh, you know typically about seven and a half percent mortgages. So I would describe uh, interest rates as normal. I would say these are normal interest rates. Um, now, if you got a loan a few years ago, you started following real estate a few years ago, you're thinking interest rates are high. Okay, well that's your perspective, right? Uh, I would describe the interest rates a few years ago as freakishly low. The interest rates a few years ago, that was the lowest interest rates have ever gotten in the history of this world, okay? that You're not likely to see three, four, five percent mortgages again in your life. I mean, maybe five, but I mean, you're not likely to see that ever happen again in your life. It could, I don't know. Nobody knows the future. I just doubt it. I just doubt it. That was crazy, freakishly, wildly, erratically, once in a lifetime, unusual. What, what we saw a few years ago. Now, I graduated college in 1981 and I bought a house. I wasn't a real estate investor back then, but I bought a house back then. And anybody remember or know what interest rates got to in 1981? So if you bought a house in 1981 and you're looking at the mortgages right now, you're thinking, wow, this is cheap money. I can't believe how cheap this is. So it's all perspective, it's all perspective. But my perspective is that interest rates are normal. I'm kind of glad, you know, it's nice to be back in normal. The market I would describe as normal again. I wouldn't describe the last few years as anything but normal, but I would describe what we're going through right now as normal. 
Now, the next question is, when interest rates go up, what happens to real estate prices? Do they go up or do they go down? What do you think? Well, let's, let's talk about it. Who thinks interest rates, when interest rates go up, house prices go up? Who thinks house prices go up? Who thinks house prices go down? Wow, there's more down than, than, than up. Okay. Well, uh, I would say it does both. It does both. Interest rates has both upward and downward forces on prices. Uh, it pushes them up and down in different ways. So here's what we know about real estate. Real estate really doesn't care about interest rates. Uh, real estate really doesn't care about the economy. Real estate cares about one thing, supply and demand. Purest market there is, supply and demand. When there's more supply and less demand, prices go down. When there's more demand and less supply, prices go up. That's what we definitely know. That's what we definitely know. Like 2008, what happened in 2008? 2002, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, subprime lending. Anybody could get a loan. If you wanted to get a loan back in 2005, you walked into a bank, you said, I want a loan. A banker would walk up, they'd hold a mirror under your nose. If they saw fog, you got a loan. That's what they used for the loan application process back in 2005. And in 2008, all the banks went bankrupt. Do you know the government actually changed the definition of bankruptcy in 2008? All that mark-to-market -market stuff? But by any reasonable definition of bankrupt, they were bankrupt. But they were too big to fail, so we bailed them out. And eventually, they got back into the lending business. But up until 2008, anybody could get a loan. Subprime lending, stated income loans. So, so there was money was just free and loose. And builders were building houses for as far as the eye could see. And what did they do with all that inventory? Well, they just gave everybody loans, whether they had jobs, credit income or not. And people bought all those houses, and builders kept building, and the buyers kept buying. And then in 2008, wham, the banks went bankrupt and lending came to a stop. Okay, it's like it just hit the wall. It just stopped. The money turned off. So all of a sudden, there was all this supply and nobody could get a loan. And so the demand just went away, boom, like that. And what happened? Prices crashed. Prices crashed. Now, where are we now? Well, you know, ever since then, the banks never really, they, they did learn their lesson. They never really got back into the, it's easy to borrow money. Money became cheap, but it never became easy. You know, what do you got to get to do a, to get a loan? You got to fill in a 1900 page application, turn over your firstborn, you know, you know submit blood samples. You got to do a lot to get a loan, right? So the money never became free and easy. And we built houses but the truth is we haven't actually built enough houses. In fact, on a national basis, did you guys know that we are experiencing a housing shortage? Who has heard that? Yeah, we actually have six million fewer houses than the market needs and people need for places to live. And when you have a housing shortage, what does it do? Well, there's a, not enough supply. And that pushes prices up. That's one of the upward pushes on prices. But then something else happened, right? Interest rates went up, which means properties, mortgages are less affordable. Fewer people can afford a mortgage, which removed some of the buyers. We lost some of the buyers because not everybody can afford, right, at these interest rates to buy. So we have less demand. So we have less supply. And we have less demand. 
Uh, and, and when you put all that in a blender, what happens to prices? They're pretty much flat. They're pretty much flat. And if you look at Texas uh, and the market data for Texas, and I'll go through all the cities as well, um, here's what's happened in Texas. Year-to-date, average price for a house in Texas is down 0.4%. It's flat. It's completely flat. Now, the average price year over year is actually up a little bit, 2%, but year-to-date is down 0.4%. Nothing. Okay, so the market is flat. Something interesting is also going on with the mix of properties. Um, usually, when you look at houses for sale, um, usually two-thirds of the houses that are for sale are resale houses. And about a third of the houses that are for sale are new houses, new construction. Well, right now that's inverted. That's inverted. And the reason it's inverted is why? Because everybody that got a mortgage in the last five years got a three, four, five percent mortgage and nobody wants to let it go, which is also constricting the supply. Nobody wants to put their house for sale unless they have to, because if they go to buy another house, used to be people would move up, right? They'd buy bigger and nicer houses every couple of years, right? So they'd sell their house and buy a nicer house. But now if you sell your house, you give up that uh, 4% mortgage, and now you got to go get another new mortgage of 7.5% uh, or whatever, right? And people are like, I'm not going to give up the mortgage. Uh, so nobody's reselling it. I'm exaggerating. There's not as many people reselling, which means there's less resale supply. And that's constricting, again, supply, which is forcing prices up, but interest rates, again, are forcing prices down. And when you put that all into the mix, prices are flat. Prices are flat. Uh, so what's going to happen? Now, Now the market is down. The number of houses uh, sold is down. The unit sales. It's a little bit. There's less being bought. There's less being sold. So the total amount of houses bought and sold is down, about, about 12%. Not a whole lot, but uh, it's down a little bit. Um, so what's going to happen? I don't know, okay? And, and when somebody tells me, well, what's going to happen next is blah, 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 right? I, I get a little angry and agitated, okay? So you're, uh, uh, you have a crystal ball. Okay, amazing. How, how nice is that? Um, we don't know what's going to happen, but we can make some educated guesses. We can make some educated guesses. Now, in the stock market, I honestly believe it's not possible to know what's going to happen. There's no way you can predict the stock market. In the economy, it's just about impossible to predict what's going to happen. Uh, at least it's difficult. But in real estate, it's actually, of the three, not that hard. And the reason is it's all supply and demand. And we know a lot of this stuff. Uh, we know exactly how many houses we have. We, we know that. We know it. Uh, we know exactly how many people need a house to live in. We know exactly how many people are having babies, and we pretty much know exactly how many people are moving here. We even know how many houses are under construction or building starts or permitted to start. So we know what we got, we know what we need, and we know where, what we're building, right? And, and, and so, so there's a lot of things we know. Now, we don't know what interest rates are going to do, and if interest rates go up, it's going to remove more buyers. If interest rates go down, it's going to add more buyers. So there's a little bit of a variable there. But if you look at all of those factors, you know, our best guess is it's just going to kind of stay the way it is for a while. There's really no big thing 
that we can see that's going to cause some big movement in the market. Uh, recently, there's been some little upticks in the market. You know, some experts have said, oh, the market bottomed out and there wasn't much of a bottom and now it's going up again. Other people are saying, well, I don't know, right? There's a lot of experts that think interest rates have, uh, maybe they'll go up one more time, maybe not, but a lot of people are saying we expect interest rates to kind of trickle down a little bit over the next year. Now, if interest rates do go down, uh, houses will become more affordable and it'll create more buyers, which would have upward uh, forces on prices. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen because nobody really knows what's going to happen. But if you put all that stuff in the mix, we really don't expect much to happen different than what's going on now. We expect interest rates to stay in the ballpark of where they are, maybe come down a little bit. And we expect prices to stay in the ballpark of where they are and maybe eventually go up uh, a little bit, at least for the foreseeable future. Now, I am not part of the... Uh, uh, the uh, Board of Realtors, okay? If you ask the National Board of Realtors, they'll always say, interest rate, you know, prices are gonna go up. They always tell you prices are gonna go up. I'm not here to sell you anything. Uh, I'm not here to convince you prices are going up, down, or sideways, okay? I have strategies for up markets, down markets, and sideways markets. So I don't have a vested interest in trying to convince you that any direction is what we think is gonna happen. I'm just telling you my best guess uh, and how I'm preparing for the future, and you can make your own assessment uh, accordingly. Uh, now, we are going to dig into the details on some of the other markets, so we'll get into that in a minute. But here's another interesting chart, by the way. This is median home prices, this red line, versus uh, interest rates. From 1975 to 1981, interest rates on mortgages got all the way up to 18%. Isn't that crazy? And what happened to home prices? They, they basically went up. Volume went down, but the prices went up. When interest rates came down, home prices, guess what? They went up. When interest rates went up and down, up and down, and up and down, uh, yeah, home prices went up. Now, there's little bubbles here, a little bubble there, a little bubbles here. So there are some bubbles along the way, but there's really not much long-term correlation between interest rates and, uh, and uh, median home prices. So let's look at some of the markets in a little more detail. First, we'll go back to the state of Texas. Uh, average price of house in the state of Texas, 418000 up 2%. Uh, median is flat uh, at 340000 Now, here's the number that I think is, is the really the most important number to look at when you're really trying to understand what's going on in the marketplace. Inventory, inventory. There's some different ways to calculate inventory. Well, there's one way to calculate inventory, but what does inventory mean? Inventory can be thought of as if... If you just took whatever houses are for sale, like right now in the state of Texas, there's 100,000 houses that are for sale. There's 100,000 available. If we just never added another house, um, how long would it take, how long before they'd be gone, be before the market would just buy them all? And the answer is 3.7 months, right? Which is also on average how long it takes to sell a house, some more, some less. Okay, so let's put that into perspective. The saying is, if you have less than six months of inventory, you're in a seller's market. Uh, if you have more than six months of inventory, you're in a buyer's market. If you have right around six months of inventory, you're in a neutral market. By any historical measure, we're in a pretty good seller's market. 
So if anybody thinks the market's not very good, well, this is actually a pretty good seller's market, 3.7 months. Now, it's not as good as it was. You know, last year it was 2.7. It was a really, really strong seller's market, but by any historical measure, we're in a pretty good sales market. Now, the number of properties sold is down, so there's fewer buyers, fewer sellers, fewer movers and uh, uh, properties moving around, so it's down about 14%. Let's go back and look at what happened in Texas over the last three years. 2021, banner year. Uh, average sales price in Texas went up 18% uh, in one year. Uh, 2022, it went up another 10.7%, another great year. 2023, it's basically flat, uh, down 0.4%. Uh, so it's been a great year, great, great three-year run. You know, if you bought a house three years ago, you're like, woo, made a bunch of money, right? If you bought a house a year ago, you're like, haven't made any money. And again, that's just perspective, right? That's just perspective. So let's take a look at some of the different cities here in Texas, uh, starting with Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth. The average house in Dallas is uh, 487000 3%, up 3%, median price 398 uh, down 1%, so flat up a little bit. Uh, months of inventory, three months of inventory, and um, which is pretty good, pretty good. Uh, sales volume's down, but only down 0.7 cents, uh, 7%. Um, so here's something, I don't know why this is, but we've been tracking this data for 20 years. And over 20 years, for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, Dallas has always been the bellwether of Texas. I don't know why, but if you want to get an idea what's going to happen next in the rest of Texas, take a look at Dallas. It's always several months ahead of the market. I don't know why, but for some reason that's all always been the case. Now, condominium inventory, that's another thing to look at if you want to predict the future. We call condominiums the, the canary in the coal mine. That's what we call condominiums. Why do we call it the canary in the coal mines? When the market starts to get soft, condos are the first thing to go. Uh, when the market starts to come back, it's the last thing to come back. So if you can sell a condo, you can sell anything. That's the saying. So if condos are hot, everything's hot. Uh, but if condos are starting to go soft, then watch out. Houses are just several months away from, from going soft. Uh, so those are some of the pre-indicators that might give you some ideas of what might happen next. Uh, but Dallas is actually doing pretty well compared to the rest of Texas. Interestingly enough, it seems to have taken a little bit of a turn. Uh, and that may or may not mean something for the rest of the major cities. Uh, going back three years, in uh, 2021, Dallas was up 20% in one year. Uh, 2022, up another 15%. What a run. Uh, and 2023, it's flat. It's flat. So it's had a great three-year run. Uh, although in the last year, it's basically flat. Okay, Houston. Houston is the second most affordable city in Texas. Uh, average price is 404000 up 0.4%, basically flat. Median price, 327 down 1%, basically flat. Months of inventory, 3.6 months of, uh, of inventory. Not bad. Uh, sales unit is down, but it's not down much, 3.4%. So Houston is really doing pretty well, I would say. Uh, and uh, they've had a pretty good run over the last couple of years. 
Okay, Austin, Texas. Let's talk about Austin, Texas. The average sales price for a house in Austin, Texas is $582,000. That is not a typographical error. In fact, we did a little research trying to figure this out and really trying to figure out like, what is Austin all about? Where, where did the name come from, Austin? Anybody know? Turns out Austin is Latin for San Francisco. Yeah, as best as we can figure out. Uh, Silicon Hills, right? Elon Musk moved to Austin and all the other high-tech companies came with him. And all these people making the big six-figure incomes uh, moved into Austin and just bought everything. They just have been buying everything. In fact, you look back over the last three years, in 2021, prices in Austin went up almost 30% in one year. In one year. And I was there. And I remember what that was. There were months in Austin where there was 0.4 months of inventory. Less than two weeks of inventory. Never have seen that before. And what would happen in Austin is somebody would put their house for sale and they'd get 11 offers in a weekend. 11. And one guy would win and 11 guys, 10 guys would get outbid. So they'd put an offer on another house and they'd get 11 offers on that house. And one guy would win and 10 guys were outbid. And the buyers just started to get angry. And they basically started screaming at their realtor, what's wrong with you? Can't you get me a house? I need a place to live. Just give them whatever you have to give them to get the house. So people were literally buying houses for five or 10% above list price. In fact, above appraised value. And people were actually bringing money to the table on top of the regular down payment because the lender would only loan up to uh, based on the appraised value. Uh, and things were crazy, really crazy. And prices went up 30% in one year. 2022, they went up another 10%. But then in 2023, Austin is the one market in Texas that did correct. It uh, is down 9%. So over the last three years, just like the other cities, Austin's up 30%, but it went up 40 and came down 10. So it's a little different. Now, I will say, if you bought a house a year ago in Austin, you're like, oh, that sucks. It's down, right? Now, if you bought a house three years ago, you're just like everybody else. Oh, it's up 30%. Again, that's all perspective. Four months of inventory, not bad. Uh, total listings is down. The market in terms of the volume of houses sold is down. San Antonio, here we are in San Antonio. The average price in San Antonio is 385,000, the most affordable city, uh, major city in Texas, and the price is, is flat. Median price 319 and that's down 2%. So San Antonio, just like uh, most of the cities and most of Texas is pretty much Flat. Inventory is a little higher than some of the other cities, uh, 4.3 months, but still not bad. What happened in San Antonio? San Antonio did not have quite the roller coaster ride that some of the other cities had. It's been doing pretty well, but in 2021, it only went up 16%, which was the most modest increase. Uh, 2022 went up another 12%, 2023 down 1%, and I would call that flat. So that's what's going on in the market. And before I kind of move on, because we're going to do some training and a bunch of other presentations, any comments or questions on that? What do you guys think? 
the data. Leases, leases are up 12%. Um, sometimes people can't uh, afford to buy a house because interest rates are up, so they lease instead. Everybody's got to live somewhere. Uh, so the leases are, are up a little bit. Although, interestingly enough, the lease prices are actually down uh, 1%, average lease price. Well, that's kind of interesting. There's been a lot of supply that's come on market for multifamily, and uh, we're not getting the price increases we were over the last few years. Uh, multifamily is a whole conversation of its own. No, this is uh, just leases across multifamily and single family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is people leasing a property to live in. So, yeah. So, um, we get all of this data every month, mostly from the Texas A&M School of uh, Real Estate. Uh, and then there's some other sources online. Uh, we do post this uh, information uh, onto our uh, uh, social media. I'll give you some links for that uh, as well if you want to follow this going forward. Other comments or questions? So is now a good time to become a real estate investor? I would say over the last couple of years, I've been doing this for 20 years, um, things were a little crazy. Uh, and when things were a little crazy, um, you know, we saw a lot of people overpaying, uh, overimproving, making a lot of rookie mistakes. Uh, for a while there, it kind of worked, right? The market went up and saved people. Uh, but now kind of, I don't want to say the riffraff is getting washed out of the business, right? We're, we're kind of back to normal, normal rates, normal market, flat prices. Uh, and, and when you're normal, here's the good news, kind of the craziness, you know, you're not competing with crazy people. And in general, you never want to compete against stupid, or at least you don't want to win competing against stupid. So there's not as much stupid to compete with, and that's a good thing. Um, but, uh, the fundamentals are back. Right, you got to buy right, improve right, sell right. You got to really understand the fundamentals. And if you really understand the fundamentals, it's a great time to invest in real estate. Uh, and I'm excited about it. All right. Any other comments or questions? All right. Well, we're going to do a lot more uh, training tonight. I do want to make a special announcement here for a minute. Um, one of the other resources that we provide to the community is training. Uh, we've got some training workshops coming up, and we provide this training to the community for free. So how cool is that? Practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step -step training, where we go through all 12 investing strategies that are legal and used in the state of Texas, all 65 marketing methods, get off-market uh, properties, wholesale properties, closes, which are the exact words you say to get somebody to accept your solution to their problem, how to partner on deals, great way to get started, partner with experienced investors, how to access private money. We have over a thousand private money lenders in this network. Private money is cheaper, faster, better, superior to hard money or any other kind of money. If you have private money, you have a competitive uh, advantage. If you would like to join us for some upcoming training, we have a Texas tour coming up in Austin, Dallas, and Houston. You can attend live and in person, or you can attend online, or you can uh, do a combination uh, of the two. So we do simulcast on Zoom, but I really recommend you come live if you can. Um, I will put this link up a little bit later as well, so I'll just flash this up right now. But if you take a picture of that QR code, it'll take you to Texas Starter Kit and you get registered for one of those workshops. If you are watching us online, click on the link in the comment below and you can get registered online. And like I said, at the moment, we're doing a special promotion where we're offering this to this community 
for free. So how cool is that? Okay, with that, I'm actually going to switch gears here for a minute. Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.